0: Always a favorite on heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program, My Favorite Husband starring Lucille Ball and Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper. Now, I've mentioned this before, but when this sitcom first started on July 5th, 1948, the Coopers were known as Liz and George Cougat, but on January 7th, 1949, their last name changed to Cooper. Why? Well, you see, the band leader, Xavier Kuga, objected to My Favorite Husband using his last name as he thought people would think the show was about his family. So he did what every good person would do, he threatened to sue the company, and thus the name was changed to Liz and George Cooper. A little antidote as to how the show got its name. You see, Liz and George were billed as two people who lived together and liked it. Each episode featured some minor crisis or a problem, typically caused by one of Liz's funny ideas. Each episode would end with the problem being solved, and Liz would say, Thanks, George. You are my favorite husband. When Jell-O came on board as a sponsor, there was an average of three plugs for Jell-O on every show. 124 episodes of the program aired from July 23, 1948. Through March 31st, 1951. In 1950, Lucille Ball was asked to do a television version of the show, and CBS and Jello both insisted that Richard Denning continue as her co star. But Lucille Ball refused to do the show without her real life husband, Desi Arnaz, playing her on screen husband. The network reluctantly agreed, and the show reworked it into I Love Lucy jell wasn't happy, and they dropped out as a sponsor, and Philip Morris, tobacco company, stepped in to sponsor the TV show. Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program, now rebroadcasts the January 28, 1949 episode of My Favorite Husband, entitled The Absolute Truth. I think an absolute truth is that you will enjoy the program and the talents of Lucille Ball, You see, just about everyone loved Lucy. Thank you for listening and supporting the remembrance of the Golden Age of Radio. My name is John Lovering, and I appreciate your visit.
1: It's time for My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball.
2: Hello, everybody.
3: (laughs)
1: Yes, it's the new Gay Family series starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. Brought to you by the Jell-O family of desserts.
3: J-E-L-L Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. That's
2: Jell-O. Yum, yum, yum.
3: Jell-O, Jell-O. puddings.
1: Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O cap. Yes, sirree. And now Lucille Ball with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper. Two people who live together and like it. As we look in on the Coopers tonight, we see a story unfolding. A story that started a week ago, one night when George and Liz were walking home from a movie.
4: Well, that was a pretty good show, Liz.
2: I bet you'd have liked it better if you hadn't slept through it.
4: I did not sleep through it.
2: All right. Tell me what it was about.
4: Well, uh... (laughs) Well, I enjoyed the evening anyway.
2: Oh, come here, George. I want to show you something in the store window.
4: Wait a minute. Look at those golf clubs. Oh, boy, could I stand a new set of those.
2: Oh, golf clubs, schmolf clubs. I want to show you something important. A hat. Right here, George, in Lily sachet. Look. Well, what do you think of it?
4: No, Liz, I thought this was supposed to be a high class store. It is. Well, look at that. The window dresser left the remains of his lunch on that stand.
2: That's the hat. <laughs>
4: You're kidding. That little mess of
2: vegetables? It's not a mess of vegetables. It's an original model symbolizing spring. Can I buy it, George? It's only $75. $75 for. What? $75! Well, that isn't much for an original model.
4: Well, you can get the real original at the market for 25 oh, cents.
2: Oh, now, Not only
4: that, you can munch on it if you got hungry.
2: That's not funny.
4: $75 for a hat.
2: But I asked them to hold it for me, and if I don't get it, Iris Atterbury will buy it.
4: Good. She's got the face to go with a New England boiled dinner.
2: <laughs> oh, George Cooper, you're so mean to me.
1: And so the next morning, Liz sadly went in to tell the sales lady the bad news.
2: Yes, I showed my husband the hat last night, Miss McCain. Oh, good. Did he like it? No, he hated it. You should have heard him. I'm surprised his language didn't set off the sprinkler system. Oh, my. Well, then there's only one thing to do, Mrs. Cooper. Yes, wrap it up. I'll take it.
3: Good morning, Katie. Good
2: morning, Mrs. Cooper. Morning, dear. Well, how's my wonderful little husband this morning? Give me a big kiss, darling. Hmm, you're much
4: too nice for this time of the morning. Have you done something you shouldn't, Liz?
2: No, no, I'm just happy, that's all. This is the prettiest day in the world, and I'm married to the prettiest man in the world.
4: Oh, Liz, you're exaggerating. I've seen prettier days than this.
2: ha, ha. Ha, ha. Come on, give me a big hug. Come on, give me a big hug. Hold me tight. Tighter. Tighter. Oh, but Liz. Go on, pretend I'm a banana and squeeze me out of my skin.
3: (laughs) Oh,
4: Liz, you're crazy.
2: Hey, I thought today was Friday. Oh, it is. Then why have you got your sport clothes on? George, you didn't lose your job, did you?
4: No. Oh, you'll never believe it, but old man Atterbury gave me a day off. No. Yeah. He said, George, you've done such a good job for such a long time. I think you should take the day off and enjoy yourself.
2: What's he been doing, eating weefle nuts (laughs) <laughs>
4: I don't ask questions, I just have fun <clears throat> Well, I'm going to play golf with Corey Cartwright
2: Doesn't sound like Mr. Atterbury to me Hey, that
4: must be Corey out front now See you later, Liz
2: Goodbye, dear, have a good game Oh, uh, did you get your caddy back from the factory? Caddy? Yes, the one you had a new head put on
4: <laughs> Oh, when are you going to learn the right terms? That was a brassy A caddy is the boy who carries your clubs
2: Oh, I thought he was called a birdie
4: I give up Come on, give me a kiss
2: Bye, darling Katie, he's gone, I can show you my new hat Where is it? Right here, now, don't look till I get it fixed Turn around But how can you ever wear it without him seeing it? Oh, Katie, I'm not going to wear it Until I've saved up enough to pay for it myself But I just ordered it to keep Iris Atterbury from getting it There, how do you like it? Oh, why, it's... uh, I better get my glasses, Mrs. Cooper. It looks like a businessman's lunch to me. (laughs) Just a bunch of vegetables. It is a bunch of vegetables. Oh, yes. Oh, say, that's real cute. A bunch of vegetables and a little mouse. Ah! Mouse? Yes, he's nibbling the carrot. Get him off! Get him off! Oh, it isn't a mouse. It's a turnip. My eyes. (laughs) Thank goodness. Say, that's an idea, though. With all these vegetables, I hope the birds don't see this hat. Don't worry. They'll spot it, all right. <laughs> oh, run, Mrs. Cooper. What's the matter? It's Mr. Cooper. He's coming back. Oh. <gasps> Too late. He's here. Quick, give me the newspaper. I'll hold it up so he won't see my hat.
4: Hey, that wasn't Cory at all. Some fellow across the street.
2: Uh, why don't you wait for Cory outside, dear? What? Why? I said, why don't you wait for Cory outside, dear? Is there
4: something wrong with your eyes, Liz? Uh,
2: Why don't you wait for Corey outside, dear?
4: Why are you holding that paper so close to your face? It's right up against your nose.
2: Well, I'm nearsighted, dear. I always read like this, dear. You do? Yes, dear.
4: Upside down? Oh, dear. (laughs) Liz, put that paper down. I see your hat. There's a mirror on the wall in back of you.
2: Oh. Well, now, don't worry, George. I can explain everything.
4: Well? I'm waiting.
2: Well, I'm thinking. (laughs) I thought so. Uh, give me a second now.
4: All right, this better be a good one.
2: Well, maybe you better give me a little longer, then. Uh, Iris Atterbury.
4: Iris Atterbury what?
2: I don't know, but it's a good start. (laughs) I know. Iris called and asked me to pick it up for her.
4: Now, why would she do a thing like that?
2: That's a very good question.
4: (laughs) All right, let's put it this way. When did she call?
2: Uh, yesterday. Very
4: interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Iris Atterbury has been out of town for a week.
2: She has? Yes. (laughs) That's just a kind of a sneaky trick you could expect from her.
4: (laughs) Now, Liz, aren't you ashamed of yourself?
2: Oh, George.
4: Now, don't start crying. You're not going to get around me this time with tears.
2: (gasps) Won't you please forgive me? No, no. Oh, please forgive me, George. No. Oh, well, it was a good try.
4: Sit down, Liz. I want to have a long talk with you. Now, about that habit you have of twisting the truth around.
2: Well, I have to go milk a cow. Come back here and sit down.
4: Now, Liz, I want you to promise me never to tell anything but the truth. I don't want to ever catch you lying again.
2: Neither do I. I didn't want you to catch me this time.
4: How can you joke about it? This is serious. Don't you realize that when you tell a fib, you have to tell another one, and then another, until you're all tangled in a whole web of untruths, only to end up being caught anyway. But now, what happens when you tell the truth in the
2: first place? You get caught right away.
3: LAUGHTER
4: now, stop that.
2: I'm sorry, George. You're absolutely right. I'm ashamed of myself. And I promise from now on, I'll make you proud of me.
4: Well, that's better. I only hope you mean it.
2: Oh, I do, dear. You'll see. I'll get it.
4: Oh, I hope it isn't Corey
5: saying he can't it. Hello? Hello, Liz. Yes? This is Mr. Atterbury, Liz. How's George? George? Yes. Is he feeling any better? He was terribly sick this morning. He was? Yes. He called me at home and said he just felt awful, much too ill to come to work.
2: Oh, he did,
5: huh? Yes. He must be keeping it from you because he doesn't want you to worry. Uh, yes. I just can't tell you how bad he sounded. He was groaning and wheezing and his voice was so weak I could hardly hear it. Mm -hmm. Said his head felt like it was going to be split open any minute.
2: You know he may be right?
5: (laughs) Well, tell me, Liz, how is he now? Awful sick?
2: Not as sick as he's going to be.
5: Well, Liz, I was wondering if I ought to send my doctor out to look him over. I
2: think that's a very good idea. No, no, wait a minute, Miss Atterbury. I have a better idea. I'll see if I can get the poor boy to come to the phone.
5: All right, Liz, if he feels up to it.
2: Hang on a minute. Oh, George, come here a minute, dear. What is it, Liz? Telephone. It's for you, George Washington. For me? Who is it? It's Corey, dear. He wants to know if you still want to play golf. Well, what's the
4: matter with him? Certainly I want to play. Give me that phone.
2: Here you are. Hello, Cory. What's the
4: matter with you? Certainly I want to play golf. I never felt better in my life. Is that
5: so, George? Corey? What's the matter, dear? Hmm? This is Mr. Atterbury, George. What
4: a dirty trick. I ought to wring your neck. What? Oh, no, not you, Mr. Atterbury.
5: Well... I think you'd better get out of your sick bed and drag yourself down to work, Cooper.
4: Yes, sir, Mr. Atterbury, sir. Right away, sir. I'll I'll be right down, sir. Goodbye, sir.
5: Who
2: was it, sir? (laughs) Liz? Sit down, George. I want to have a long talk with you. Now, about that habit you have of twisting the truth around.
4: Never mind.
2: Don't you realize that when you tell a fib, you have to tell another and another until you're tangled in a Now, stop that.
4: Liz, how could you do this to me?
2: <laughs> oh, George, you'll have to admit it was your own fault. Look, I'll make a deal with you. You let me keep the hat, and I'll call Atterbury and tell him you were delirious. No. Why not? What you did is just as bad as what I did.
4: It is not. What I did is accepted business practice.
2: Accepted by whom?
4: Everybody. What's sick leave for if you don't take it? What about the poor people who are always well?
2: Will you give me that again with the same inflection?
4: No. Oh. Well, besides, that sourpuss, baggy-eyed, two-faced, old skinflint, Atterbury has been taking advantage of me for years. Why, I had a day off coming, and you cheated me out of it. Give me that hat, Liz.
2: What are you going to do with it?
4: I'm going to take it back and buy myself some golf clubs with the money.
2: Oh, ball the nerve. You are not. I want that hat. Over my dead body.
4: That's the best offer I've had today.
2: Wait. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got a wonderful idea, George. What? I saw it in a picture once. Look, we'll both swear to tell the absolute truth for 24 hours. And whoever makes the other one lie gets the $75 to spend.
4: Gee, you you mean even little white lies?
2: Little white ones, big black ones, polite gray ones, anything that isn't true.
4: (laughs) We're liable to learn a lot of things about each other, Liz. (laughs)
2: I'm game.
4: Okay, you've got a deal. From this moment on, we tell the absolute truth. Shake.
2: (laughs) Shake. You know, uh... If I were the suspicious type of wife, I I know what I'd ask you, George.
4: Huh? What?
2: I'd say, uh, "George, those 3 nights you were working late at the office last week, how much did you win?"
4: Well, uh,
2: $15. <gasps> you you mean you did play
3: poker? Oh, I hate you, George Cooper. <laughs>
1: Here are some facts you may not have known about NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. NATO has grown and prospered since its founding in 1949. Yet the United States has not underwritten most of the expense. As a matter of fact, European members have paid for 85% of the total cost, have supplied 60% of the equipment and supplies used by NATO forces, and they have provided the major share of its manpower. NATO is a voluntary association of sovereign states each bearing its fair share of the burden. We can all be proud of NATO and grateful for it, too, for NATO is guarding your freedom. And now, back to the Coopers. Liz and George have made a pact to speak nothing but the absolute truth for 24 hours... The forfeit being a new hat that Liz is crazy about against a set of golf clubs George has his eye on. Well, right now, Liz is so
4: put out with George that she's not talking to him at all. Oh, Liz, it was your idea. I had to tell you the truth about playing poker.
2: Katie, would you kindly tell Mr. Cooper I'm not speaking to him? She's not speaking to you, Mr. Cooper. Well, tell her
4: I don't care.
2: He don't care. Ha! Ha!
3: Ah! Uh, uh,
2: oh, why don't you go take a walk? Oh, why don't you go take a walk? Okay,
4: I'm leaving
2: Okay, I'm leaving, okay, I'm leaving. Who cares? Who cares? And I may not come back And I may not come back well, I don't care if you never come back Go on, leave Well, I don't care if you never come
3: back Go on, leave, you big
2: Mrs. Cooper, I got carried away. (laughs) Sorry, Mr. Cooper.
4: Oh, that's all right, Katie. This whole thing is pretty silly.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm not speaking to you until the 24 hours are up anyway. It's safer that way.
4: Well, you can kiss me without talking to me. Mm, All
2: right.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not
4: bad. But it won't do you any good. I'm getting those golf clubs or my name isn't George Cooper.
2: Goodbye, Sam. (laughs) Katie, I have to watch myself now. He's going to try some fancy tricks. Unless I try them first. (laughs) Listen, Katie, but don't laugh. He might hear you. What are you going to do, Mrs. Cooper? Well, I'll pretend it's my Aunt Liza calling. He can't stand her. When he hears she's coming to visit us, he'll make up a lie to keep her away. But your Aunt Liza lives in Syracuse. Never mind. Leave it to me. Does this sound old enough, Katie? Hello, Mr. Cooper. (laughs) It sounds like Lionel Barrymore's grandmother. (laughs) Second National Bank. Mr. George Cooper, please. I'll ring him. Hello? Mr. George Cooper? Yes. One moment, please. Syracuse is calling. Go ahead, Syracuse. Hello? Is this Mr. George Cooper?
3: Yes.
4: What do you want, Liz?
2: Oh, you <laughs> how'd you know with me?
4: Because your Aunt Liza always calls collect.
2: Oh, you're so smart. <laughs>
4: Well, I'm smarter than you are. Oh, boy, what a couple of phonies you sent over here today.
2: What are you talking about? I didn't send anybody over there.
4: Now, oh, come on, admit it, Liz. You sent them over to catch me in a lie.
2: Cross my heart I didn't, George. George? George, what's the matter?
4: Uh, you mean that fellow from the income tax department was on the level?
2: Income tax? Oh, you mean you told him the truth?
4: Down to the last penny. Oh, no! <laughs> I even pointed out where I stretched things a little.
2: Oh, that's wonderful, and it serves you right. What do you mean when you said a couple of phonies? Don't tell me you got stung twice today.
4: I guess I did. The other one uh, was a lady from the newspaper who interviewed me. I'm afraid I gave away a few secrets. Oh, really? What kind of questions did she ask you? It was for a series on the Society page called The Truth About My Wife.
2: I think we have a bad connection, George. Say that again, please.
4: It was for a series called The Truth About My Wife. Well, gee whiz, Liz. I I thought you sent her over. Call
2: her back. Cancel it. Tell her you were lying. When is she going to print it?
4: Well, she thought it was so good, she rushed back to get it in tonight's paper.
2: Oh, I'll call him up. I'll threaten to sue. Goodbye, George. Oh, Katie, this is terrible. What happened? George told a news reporter some awful things about me. Did he lie? Worse than that, he told the truth. (laughs) Evening bugle Hello, is tonight's paper out yet? Yes, it is It's being delivered now Oh, this is Mrs. George Cooper Is there a story about me on the society page? No, there isn't Oh, thank goodness They wouldn't waste that story It's on the front page Oh, no! (laughs) Here's the paper now, Mrs. Cooper Oh, at last, let me see it Oh, Katie, look! On the front page, The Truth About My Wife by George Cooper. Let's see, oh. My wife, Liz, is a charming, beautiful, talented woman of 26. Well, that's not bad. Uh, she has been charming and beautiful ever since I can remember. She has been talented ever since I can remember. She has also been 26 ever since I can remember. <laughs>
3: My wife, Liz,
2: is a natural beauty. She has naturally lovely skin, a naturally good figure, and naturally white teeth. She also has red hair. (laughs) Katie, can I sue him for libel? Well, you can if he's lying. I'm dead. (laughs) What else does he say? Oh, let's see. Some men complain about the way their wives look when they wake up in the morning. Luckily, I don't have this complaint, as my wife never gets up till the afternoon. And when she does, she's so full of cold cream, curlers, facial masks, and chin supports, I can't tell what she looks like anyway. (laughs) Katie, I think I'm about to make myself a widow.
4: Liz? Liz? Is it safe to come in?
2: George, darling, come in, honey. How's my little husband tonight, huh?
4: I don't like the sound of this. There's a booby trap someplace.
2: (laughs) Why, George, you don't think I'd be mad about a little thing like that story now, do you? Come on in. I'd like you to meet a friend
5: of mine. Good evening, George. Mr. Atterbury.
2: Yes, your boss. I was telling him about that silly little game we play called Telling the Truth. And he thought it would sort of be fun to come over and ask you some questions.
5: Yes, yes, I love games. Let's play, George.
4: I uh, don't feel much like playing.
2: Well, don't force it, Mr. Atterbury. I'll play it with you. You just asked me how George described you this morning. All right,
5: Liz. How did George describe me this morning?
2: Well, he said that you were a...
5: Wait, Liz. There's a hat I want to buy for you, all full of beautiful little vegetables.
2: He said you were a very nice boss. (laughs)
5: What? I couldn't do it to you, George. Hey, what's going on here,
2: anyway? Oh, get that look on George's face. He thought I was going to say two-faced, baggy-eyed, old skinflint. What? <laughs> oh, dear.
5: Oh, he did, eh? What else did he say?
2: Well, I'm in it this far. Might as well go ahead. Oh, no, you
5: don't. If it's going
2: to come out,
4: I'll have the pleasure of saying it myself. Mr. Atterbury... You ought to be ashamed of yourself. That's not an office you run down there. It's a sweatshop. Why? Punch uh, the clock in the morning. Punch the clock for lunch. Punch the clock when you go home. Why, you don't even give your employees the dignity of being on their honor. No wonder they see your face on that clock every time they punch it, and I don't blame
3: them.
2: Right. George! Oh,
4: who do you think you're talking to?
2: You, you baggy-eyed old skinflint. Go ahead, George, tell him.
3: <laughs>
4: I'm tired of having to turn in a stub every time I want a new pencil.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah, and coming to you for the key every time I want to wash my hands.
3: Yeah. Yeah, all right, so this
4: means my job. Well, you're not firing me, I quit.
2: Hey, George Cooper, I'm proud of you. I
4: feel pretty good about it
5: myself. Well, so do I.
3: What?
5: George, that's the kind of courage I like, huh? There are a lot of things wrong down at the office. Maybe it is the fault of an old skinflint.
2: Baggy-eyed. <laughs> He's
5: serious. George, I'd like you to keep your job and set up a new office system. Yoo-hoo! Liz, you can keep that hat and I'll pay for it. hoo
2: Will you pay for it before tomorrow?
4: What's the rush?
2: Well, you might, might not feel like it after you see tomorrow's evening bugle. I wrote a little article for him. Liz, not—that's uh, right, George. The truth about my husband. Oh no!
3: George, George, wake up! <coughs>
2: huh?
4: What? What's the matter? Talk to me. Talk. At four
2: in the morning. Mm -hmm. Did
4: you wake me up just for that? I'll go to sleep.
2: I can't sleep. I want a glass of water.
4: Well, get up and get one.
2: I can't get up. I'm too sleepy.
3: (laughs) Oh, Liz. What's that?
4: What?
2: George, I heard a noise downstairs.
4: Oh, you're imagining
2: things. I am not. Get up and see. Maybe there's a burglar down there.
4: Okay, okay. Okay. All burglars downstairs say
3: aye.
4: <laughs> Nobody down there.
2: George, as long as you're up, will you get me a glass of water?
4: I thought so. Aren't you ashamed of yourself?
2: I'll hate myself in the morning. Good night, George. <laughs>
1: You have been listening to My Favorite Husband starring Lucille Ball with Richard Danning and based on characters created by Isabel Scott Rorick. Tonight's program was produced and directed by Jess Oppenheimer who wrote the script with Madeline Pugh and Bob Carroll Jr. Original music was composed by Marlon Skiles and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. The part of Katie the Maid was played by Ruth Parrott. Lucille Ball will soon be seen in the Paramount picture Sorrowful Jones. Be sure to listen to Lucille Ball in My Favorite Husband next week. Bob Lamont speaking.